I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. The NFL season is officially back, and Mason Rudolph still stinks. As Ira Paul, a.k.a. a huge fool, with a third-round grade on Josh Allen. Congrats to Buffalo on extending him. And with me, as always, is AJ. Trey Lance is the next Steve Young Marchese. Uh, Steve Young times Joe Montana. Quickly, before we start, uh, I think you had like a fifth-round grade on Mason Rudolph, though, so congrats. Thank you. Thank you. I was hoping you'd point that out. And a first-round grade on Trey Lance, who uh, you can't go a day without seeing training camp hype from him. Yeah, it's a... Uh... Look, if it was on, I love Trey Lance. He was my quarterback, too. Um, I hate that he's a San Francisco 49er so much, though. Today, we're continuing our 2022 NFL Draft Summer Scouting Series with, you guessed it, the ACC. Hashtag join the fucking conference, Notre Dame. Let's hit it. Going out to Vegas. Gonna set my draft. Gonna set my draft. On fire. Seven. 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 Seven rounds in heaven with my lady. Driving out to Vegas, baby. Looking for a Stingley or Thibodeau. Who's gonna bat it on draft day? Who's gonna wager future picks away? Who's gonna reach for a blue blood lineman? The home team. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. AJ, what's the word? On the Orlando Magic after uh, after a week of having Jalen Suggs on the roster, uh, the, the Magic Kingdom is buzzing. Rob, uh, Central Florida uh, is so excited. We can't wait to see Suggs and Franz uh, heading to Las Vegas for the summer league very shortly. I think like in you know, in less than a week. Um, we we big splash of free agency signing Brooks Lopez to a one year five million dollar deal. I think that's the only move they made. Uh, that's all they need, though. We all we got, we all we need down in Central Florida. I'm going to only stay Central Florida. Uh, best part of the state. That's it. Well, great. If you want more breakdowns like that, <laughs> download Spotify, Spotify Green Room. It's a live audio-only sports talk platform where AJ hosts a, a twice-daily show called Magic Kingdom uh, talking Orlando Magic basketball. And AJ hosts it 
on Spotify Greenroom because it's free to download and to use for you users who want to learn more about the Orlando Magic. Talk to AJ, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app free in the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. Follow AJ to be notified anytime the Magic Kingdom Spotify Greenroom show goes live. AJ is going to be going live twice a day, every day, for the foreseeable future on Spotify Greenroom. Come with your spiciest takes. We're doing a, a live broadcast through all of the uh, the summer league games, uh, whole game, three hour pregame show, five hour wrap up show. That that that's an honestly for a magic nut like myself, that's not enough. I know, but look, I, I'm only one person. I can only do so much, and uh, you know me. I will not let anyone else come on and talk magic basketball with me. Just won't have anyone else on there. Okay, that's that's enough. Uh, back to our 2022 NFL Draft Summer Scouting Series with the ACC featuring Notre Dame because Notre Dame was in the ACC last year and we don't really respect independence on this show. For the most part, we, re- we over-respect Liberty, actually. Um, but yeah, so Notre Dame will be featured on today's episode for all you Golden Domers out there. But also join a conference. I, uh... I hate Notre Dame, but I'm going to put those feelings aside. And let's talk about Jack Cohn. What's your feelings on Jack Cohn, Rob? Not for me. Wasn't for me at Wisconsin. He left the Big Ten because it was too tough. Maybe he'll find success uh, in South Bend. I feel like he'll find moderate success in South Bend. Okay, let's talk about a different quarterback prospect. (laughs) Who's your top quarterback prospect in the ACC? Uh, despite my heart lying in Chestnut, Chestnut Hill, uh, my top guy is, uh, pretty clearly Sam Howell from North Carolina. Okay. So my question to you is, would you put him, if Spencer Rattler's in a kind of that top tier on his own and in the next tier, would you throw Sam Howell in that second tier there? Um, I might be lower on him than the consensus because I don't think he's a clear first round quarterback at this point um i know he's the quarterback one for some people like dame brugler i think i believe howell's his qb1 yeah. uh i like sam howell i i think he's a fantastic college quarterback he reminds me a lot of baker mayfield but i think he's he's still kind of uh not not quite there in terms of uh a, a couple different things um decision making yes his footwork can get sloppy, yes. which impacts his accuracy. Like he can, he can be a little sporadic with his accuracy uh, on the short to intermediate. He's pretty good on the deep ball, actually. Um, and, and in that Phil Longo offense, which is kind of that variation of the air raid with kind of uh, more run focus and, and RPO focus, yeah. there's a lot of kind of layup throws from him, and that that's led to his. He's been ultra productive for two years, obviously. North Carolina's been great. But I just don't think he's quite there for me. Uh, like, I don't think he's near Spencer Rattler at this point. Do uh, you have him behind Malik Willis and Christian Strong? I do. I have him, like, in the same grouping with those two. Behind Rattler. Okay. Um, okay. No, I, I, think, I, think, I think his big thing he needs to work on 
is uh, not staring down targets. He, he loves to stare guys down. And um, along with that, with what you kind of pointed out, it's like he'll just lock on with his eyes and then just the, the bottom half of his mechanics will just absolutely fall apart. It's it's like if there's if there's any pressure on him, you can just get stuck and just throw with a real awkward base and just got to, res- like, like what you touch and reset his feet and stuff. But, no, I, I do like him a lot. And hey, this—you're critical of him, and you're like you were in on him since the high school days too. So yeah, I, I, I did. Hey, hand up! I did crown him my my king when he was at the elite eleven with uh, Trent Dilfer. No, it's good though. It's it means you can put uh, aside your uh, your love for him. Like I will when I talk about Phil Drakovic. Uh, but no, I mean with Hal though, you gotta you gotta love the composure. Um, when he's good, he's very very good, and like you see him stepping up in the pocket making. Throwing, throwing absolute strikes. Um, he's a good athlete too. He's a very good runner. Like, yeah, he can he can extend. He can make some plays out of structure. Like uh, again, I, I I think maybe I'm being more critical of him because there's been that yeah. first overall pick hype around him. Same with Spencer Rattler, and and to me, I saw it with Spencer Rattler, and I'm just not quite there with Sam Howell. Like it, yeah, at this yeah. point, he to me he is not uh like he's not a first round grade over the summer type quarterback yet um so i have a second round i, grade I think there's a cl- too, but okay it's almost i think there's a cl- clear path for him to get there but I, I i'm also interested to see what he does without the backfield tandem of uh, yeah. michael carter javante williams and, and, and without diami brown and uh yeah. and des newsome got bow though baby he's got bow um that's all he needs no for sure this this is um this year's going to be a big test for him. Absolutely. I mean, I think he'll he'll step up, but um, I know it's it's almost like I put a second round grade on him. But where Rattler, I, I think I had a borderline first on him. It's like okay, I definitely see the path to him being the first pick in the draft. With Howell, it's like I have a second, and if my grade gets higher, it might be a late first. I I don't I don't think you see the the top ten true top 10 talent with Sam Howell at least right yeah no that's fair I, I don't think he has that same like he has a good arm but he doesn't have the Spencer Rattler jaw dropping yeah playmaking type ability he doesn't have the same athleticism as Malik Willis and I, I I don't think he has the same um kind of touch and poise as a Carson Strong I think that's fair yeah um, but I, de- I definitely do think he ha- he has every opportunity this year to kind of level up. And I, I, it's again, it comes back to forcing less throws um, in, into traffic and just doing being more consistent with his footwork, which again I think impacts his accuracy at times. Uh, but let's get to your second quarterback here because I'm assuming it's the same as mine. You mentioned Chestnut Hill. Is Phil Dracovic your number two? Uh, yeah, Phil Dracovic. My I only have two draftable grades, and those are my two guys. Um, uh, can I ask you if does Dracovic get a bump because he realized Notre Dame ain't, ain't shit and got out? Absolutely. I mean, that's why I loved him last year. Especially yeah, that, that Boston College team was one of my favorite teams to watch, especially in the early portion of the season when other conferences hadn't started yet. Uh, yeah, I guess the bump plus he's six five, two two thirty ish. Uh, he's he's just a lot of fun, man. He's especially a lot of fun when he, he just gets out on the move. He's tough to bring down. He's like quick. I don't know. Like he's he's, he's fun. I got, I got a day three grade on him. Yeah, me too. He he's he's an interesting guy because obviously you mentioned the size and in, in the kind of the surprising 
athleticism that comes with him. Um, big arm. His feet, I thought he did a really good job maneuvering through muddy pockets, too. I think his throwing motion is a little elongated, which can impact his accuracy kind of at each level. Um, And he can get kind of panicky under fire at times. Like, the poise is kind of my biggest thing with him. Uh, But he does also make some fantastic plays. I love him on the play-action deep ball. He's a guy who looks looks, um, pretty comfortable getting under center when he needs to on the play-action pass. Uh, he, I, I got Josh Freeman vibes from him too. <laughs> you know what? I, there was someone I, I couldn't peg it though. There was somebody really reminded me of when he was on the move. Maybe it's Josh Freeman. <laughs> um, yeah, like, and he's really not afraid to give his receivers a chance. But sometimes that's bad decision throws. Uh, but no, he's he's definitely a lot of fun. And you see a lot of big time downfield throw. Like, like he flashes some big time deep throw uh, accuracy there. Um, I, I before we we move on, I, I do want to mention like Derek King and Mackenzie Milton are two really interesting quarterbacks, both transfers obviously from the G five, yeah. one at Miami, one at Florida State. We saw it with King last year. We're not sure what we're gonna see out of Milton this year. He might not be the starter. Um, obviously he's coming off that gruesome leg injury from uh, twenty nineteen, but. Like, those two, if they were in bigger bodies, I think they'd have a little bit more talk about them. Because I, I think they're both very good, if not great, college quarterbacks yeah. who do have the arm talent, who do have the athleticism you look for. And it's just they're both very small. I think if Mackenzie Milton, um, even regardless of size, I think if he just stayed healthy and then had a regular college career, um, I, I thought he would be a late draftable guy and... This move could, could – I mean, obviously it's going to make make or break him. But, you know, if it, if it all works out, I think there's a path to getting back there. But it's it's obviously a big if. Um, and with King, yeah, I mean, he's just fun as hell. Um, like, he's an electric athlete. He, he He's also going to be interesting because, obviously, he started off as a wide receiver at Houston. Yeah. Um, so, potentially make a roster as a receiver if – if he isn't uh, up to NFL size standards, you think he gets drafted? Like, if if I ask you right now, do I think the Eric King gets drafted? Yeah. No, but I think quarterbacks will get drafted that I think are worse than him. I think, yeah, I think that's that's very fair. Speaking like Kenny, like I think Kenny Pickett's going to get drafted. I don't, have, I don't, I have him below Derek King. I also have uh, Pickett below Derek King. Um, I would have Milton over Pickett too if, if Milton. Healthy too. I, I have them both over Pickett. I have Sam Hartman over Pickett. I, I think Sam Hartman, there's got something, he's got a little something there, and that's a guy to track uh, for maybe a breakout year at Wake this year. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, I do want to talk Pickett just because um, they're Pickett stands. And remember this? I, this I, yeah. I, is it just the, like, he's got the arm and he can make some flashy plays, but he is just a turnover machine and just constantly putting the ball into conflict situations and i don't know i i kenny pickett's not my style of quarterback he's he's not bad but i don't i don't get where like he's a good he's a great pick quarterback but yeah i don't i don't get yeah he's tough i don't get the like the kind of like top 100 talk and because i don't even think he's draftable at this point and he's going into his super senior season like i think he'll be a senior bowl quarterback but yeah yeah i don't know it's i, I think even dane brugler had him as his fourth senior quarterback and i'm like i don't know 
yeah, I don't see it either. All right, let's let's uh, let's get to running backs then. And, and who's your top guy? Uh, going to South Bend, Kyron Williams, one of my favorite players. Just watching live games last year. Um, I remember when remember when he the, the the tweets were making the rounds about how great he is a pass a pass protector. That's obviously yeah against the Cle- against Clemson when I think they tracked him in blitz pickup and he went twenty for twenty or something. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I, it was so weird that like you never hear about r- running back pass protection like on stri- on broadcast, but then it was like such a talking point. And uh, obviously, he's amazing. He's so good at it. Um, I want to see him a little more used in the passing. And hey, Jack Cohn will check down to him a lot, but he's got natural hands. He played receiver in high school, if I remember correctly, too. Um, not the biggest dude, he's like 5'9", 200 ish, but like. Uh, but he runs so freaking hard, it kind of makes up for it at times. Like you definitely. guys really get a clean shot on him too. The contact balance is yep. there, and that short area quickness. You'll see him rip off some chunk runs. He obviously had a great offensive line. He's big time Philip Lindsay vibes. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. I I don't think he does anything amazing, but except for pass protection, I should say. But as a runner. Um, but he definitely doesn't do anything bad, like at all. And I think now, I, I, I got a third round grade on him right now. Um, yeah, I, I, I like him. A lot. I, th- I think he's a top five back who's going to be a, a day two guy. And I think yeah. kind of the thing to really elevate him is like like you touched on, just seeing more utilization as a pass catcher because at that size, it's hard to imagine an NFL team viewing him as that kind of that top dog bell cow type but definitely being used in a consistent role especially if he can improve on pat or not even improve just show he yep. can yep. do it at a consistent level as a pass catcher because yeah he's going to be able to play on passing downs because he's such a phenomenal pass blocker like that's kind of like his freaking x factor is how good he is in pass prediction and i think like he's got a chance to be one of the best rb2s in the nfl and like a guy where like I like like a true running back too, you know what I mean? It's not like one where like these teams are stacking running backs, you know. It's not like a a cream hunt where you know he would be a RB one if it wasn't for him being a uh, an asshole. Um, I like a true RB two. I think he can be one of the best in the league. Just you know doing the the little things, getting the the chunk runs when he gets a chance. Uh, I think he's patient. I think he's got good vision. I think he's gonna you know get the yards when he needs them. I think he's a really good fucking running back. And, and one of the best uh, non-starting running backs in the in the league is uh, Naeem Hines from NC State, and I got an NC State back as my number two back in this group here in Zonovan Knight. I do too, but I I saw some of the love for him, and I, I wasn't super super impressed. But I have a draftable grade, so I have him as a, I think he's a top ten running back um, from the guys we've done thus far. Obviously, we haven't done the SEC or the Big Ten yet, um, but. Just the electric athleticism yes. yeah. kind of paired with his ability as a pass catcher. Um, and then uh, open field elusiveness and, and the contact balance and break arm tackles. Well-built guy, good kick returner. I think he's a really he, – he's a very good zone runner. Yeah, like the the burst, the, he's just – he cuts so well and he just makes guys miss in the hole. And it's almost like he, his first move is setting up his next move. He's just setting up defenders so well. He does all that so great. I just think, like, he lacks the patience right now. His vision's not that great. But, I mean, he can he can work on that. Yeah. Um, do you have any uh, other draftable grades? I don't, actually. How about you? I like Christian Beale-Smith from Wake Forest. 
That's my number three guy. Um, I think he, he runs a lot bigger than he is. He, I, I was actually shocked to find out he's only 201. I, I think he like just bounces off contact pretty consistently and he's an instinctual runner. So I think he's got a, he's a guy who could break out this year and Ty Chandler at North Carolina is another guy who I think is in a good position to break out. Obviously transferred from Tennessee gets to come in and be that top back with Williams and Carter gone. Um, kind of just inserting into an already potent offense. He, he's got a great chance to be a, a guy who rises. Uh, I, you know what's funny? I had the same thing with, with Beal Smith, where, like, watching him live last year, I thought he was, like, 225-ish, and I was kind of surprised. And uh, Ty Chandler, he's definitely – that's a great move for him. Um, I, I, I kind of want to reserve judgment of him because I think he's going to look way better at UNC. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know it's hard because a lot of the, like it's similar with Eric. He's it's funny because you can measure him and Eric Gray behind the in that Tennessee offense. Like Eric Gray, you could see had some special traits. Yeah. Ty Chandler just kind of looks like he's got a chance to be a really just a consistent backup running back in the NFL yeah. if he gets more opportunity at North Carolina. Yeah, like he's you know he's well built at like five eleven two ten. Um, definitely the athleticism doesn't stand out really, but I think he's like he's got good vision. Uh, he needs a lot of work in pass, bro. But yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, I also do want to mention uh, Cameron Harris, just a classic Miami back who isn't special, but is probably going to play in the yeah. NFL. Yeah, let's see Oxford draft. Yeah, the, 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 exactly. Yeah, for sure. And I, 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 I want to see more from Mateo Durant at Duke because I thought he was like pretty athletic, twitchy guy. And I, I just thought he was catching my eye a little bit. Okay, um, wide receivers. Is Justin Ross your top wide receiver? Obviously, he didn't play in 2020 because of the the neck issue. Um, is he your top guy? After Bo Corrales, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> I, I okay. Um, I think he will be, but I have him and Zay Flowers kind of neck and neck right now. No pun. I have Ross just a hair. Damn. That was, was cold-blooded. Literally, I have I Ross just no a hair. That's why I said that. I have Ross just a hair above Zay Flowers. I love Zay Flowers, though, and I know you do, too. Um, obviously, we haven't seen Justin Ross play in a while, so it's a bit of projection. But yeah. I, I think he's just, uh, obviously, the the last big Clemson receiver being T. Higgins. I think he's a lot more fluid as a – he's not a great runner, but I just think he has a lot more snap in his routes and a lot more – consistency in his release repertoire off the line of scrimmage i did i think he's a more complete x wide receiver than t higgins was mm. and he he i think has better hands than t higgins did and can be uh, if not if he wasn't already he could be a better 50 50 kind of um contested catch receiver than higgins yeah. I, I like justin also a fair amount like he's got a chance if he's healthy and, and takes the steps that you thought he was going to take had he played last year like, he, he's an Allen Robinson-esque type big wide receiver. Yeah, like, before the inju- injury, I, I totally expected him to be a first-round pick. Um, so it would be unfair of me to, to not think that still. Um, but I, I slid him – like, I, I, him and Flyers kind of neck and neck for me as well. I just give Flyers the nod uh, based on the health. But, yeah, I, the path is there for him to, to jump up and, and be a first-round pick again. Um, yeah, and then with Flowers, I think that, like, Flowers is a route runner, and his ability to separate both with speed and, um, just crisp, clean, explosive route running, it's pretty, 
magnificent. He like destroyed some defenses last year. Yeah, two things I want to see. Like he's a smaller dude. He'll have some concentration drops yeah. and he'll struggle um, kind of with catch radius and, and, and winning 50-50 balls and make plays through traffic at times. But he is what I look for in a Z wide receiver. I think it was the picking where he, he fucking carved them up. Uh, along on Pinnock, too, who was a fifth-round pick, if I remember correctly, to the Jets. Um, and made it look easy. And I think he's the best um, deep route runner that we've seen so far. Just knows where to kind of just throw throw that step in the route. And and he just that one misstep, and with his speed, he's, he's, he's got you. And, yeah, I think in that same game, um, he was wide open on a corner route in the end zone. Uh, Dracovic pretty put it on pretty good, but he had to like kind of just adjust a little bit, and it was a pretty bad drop. So just see him be more consistent with there, and I, I think being more consistent, uh, making yak plays. Like when you're when you're that size and you're a speedy dude, you're gonna want you know deep balls and yak, and um, just see him clean that up. I, I think is is his two big things. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you do? You, is there any other receivers you love in this group? Love obviously Charles. No. Char- Charleston Rambo transferring from Oklahoma to Miami. He looked like he could be the next great Oklahoma receiver and didn't come together there. I'm excited to see him with King at Miami and give them a legitimate deep threat. Uh, so I, it's kind of like a wait and see for him. Yeah, I th- I have a I had a borderline draft on him. Um, so yeah, I, I th- and that that was even then though. It's like I know the talent is there. It's just waiting for it to happen. Um, I still love Bo Corrales. <laughs> I think Bo Corrales is good enough to get a late, get well, it sneaking to the seventh. He, with the other two gone, and now yeah. it's Stymie Brown's little brother and him. I think yeah, he was banged up a bit last year. He's got a good chance to kind of elevate himself. Um, kind of a dude I really like is NC State's Emeka Emezi. I was gonna ask about him because I figured you liked him. Um, go go off on him. So six three two twelve, big X wide receiver, fantastic ball skills. Yeah. Really physical after the catch. Um, a, a guy who just attacks the football at the catch point. He kind of reminds me, similarly to uh, on the Big 12 show when we were talking uh, about Eric Izukonma, I think how you say it, um, from Texas Tech. That it, it, To me, he's like similar skill set just to a lesser degree. Yeah. Um, but I really like him. I, I'm excited to see him some more this year. He... He just out physicals everybody. He his obviously his questions come with route running uh, and overall athleticism. Yeah. But I just love physical dudes like that. No, he's fun as hell. I don't have a draftable grade on him, but uh, he's definitely fun as fuck. It's just you worry about the athleticism. He looked a little, I don't know, a little laborious in his routes at times. And it's yeah, just, I, look, I've been getting. I, I love these guys usually, and I just I've gone in bit by having them with big grades or you know, decent grades and them just not working that out in the NFL because they can't separate. But he's fun as hell. Um, I, I, I didn't mind Jakari uh, Robertson. I was going to say him. He's he's a guy who, like, a bit of a wait and see because he, he really took over a couple games last year. Yeah. Um, it's like the the bowl game especially. And he, he plays a lot bigger than he is, and he makes a lot of plays after the catch yeah. too. You know, uh, he's an interesting guy who could help help himself a lot this season. Agreed. I almost got like Denzel Mims vibes from him, and then when I looked at how big he was, I expected him to be like a Mims size, and he's he's only like six foot flat. And I'm like, okay, so I, I that that kind of was kind of impressive, but no, I I liked him a lot. 
Uh, not draftable yet, but no, I, I think definitely the potential is there. Um, do you have any draftables on the tight ends? Uh, yeah, I like Will Mallory. I, I'm just waiting. Like this is the year. Obviously, got stuck behind Brevin Jordan. Um, I think he's he's a pretty solid blocker. Maybe just got to clean up the hand placement and stuff like that. Um, we saw him, you know, those couple times. Yeah, he, he got vertical and just one deep. I, I think the talent's all there. I think he's gonna be a big big breakout guy. Yeah, I don't have a draftable on him yet, but I think he's the when you watch tight end group, he's the dude with holding the most potential. Um, mm-hmm. In in. He played a lot in the slot last year because he was obviously wasn't that true number one tight end. But you saw him a lot on those screen passes, like working his ass off uh, to make space blocks. Yeah. Um, so I think the efforts there and just didn't get a ton, a ton of opportunity to, especially to run any really diverse routes. Uh, but the size, the the physical tools, that's all there to to see a breakout come from him. Yeah, and I, I trust I trust Miami to. Um to get the ball to him because I mean it was it was inconsistent at times when they but when they really wanted to get the ball to Jordan last year they did it very effectively and then the times that they did use Mallory I thought was pretty effective too so I, I think the talent is there and I think the opportunity is going to be big too I, I think I think he'll be a big breakout this year uh, I just want to mention James Mitchell from Virginia Tech I kind of enjoyed him and Trey Barry, who transferred from Jacksonville State to Boston College, 6'6", 244. We obviously saw what Dracovic in Boston College did with Hunter Long last year. So he's a guy who's got a chance to break out. He dominated his level of competition. Uh, so that's another kind of wait-and-see guy just to keep an eye on. I agree. I, I, I thought it was a pretty good group. Just like all these guys are like I think we'll be talking about in, in March and April, but but like kind of the same way we're talking about them now where it's like, okay, they're an interesting maybe late round – uh, like in the late round conversation, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, going to the offensive line. Yeah. Uh, in terms of just a guy, guys I project to be NFL tackles, I only came away with one guy who I see as an actual NFL tackle. Uh, a couple guys play tackle that I think are guards at the next level. Um, so Zion Nelson's my only draftable from a guy I see playing tackle in the NFL. Uh, yeah. Okay. So Zion Nelson, uh, has had quite a lot of hype. I, I wasn't sure how I felt about him. I, I want to see this year. So I want to hear what you, what you, what you think. Okay. So I'm not there on the, I I think I've seen him talked about as like a first round type of dude at times. So I I have a, I have a day three. Okay. That I can get behind Um, for sure. Okay, so so six five three sixteen looks like he still needs that weight. He's yes. kind of got a thin frame. He's very like long and thin. Almost looks like a power forward. Yeah. Um, you can see the natural athleticism yeah. show up in pass protection specifically. Like he's light on his feet. He moves really well to mirror, but he can get lungy. Yeah. Uh, and kind of loses base at times. And and kind of the his hand the combination of his hand placement. And his base impacting his anchor can yeah. hurt him in pass protection. Like when you're facing a power rusher, he's he's gonna struggle a little more. Or a guy who's better with his hands, he'll struggle a little more. But he's really good at mirroring those just those true speed dudes. Um, and then you, you you move to the run game, and it's like yeah, he moves fantastic in space, but he doesn't play with great leverage, which impacts his power. And I think he needs to get stronger. And he he's not doesn't have a ton of that sob mentality right now. 
So I think like all the potential is there and it's the classic, this guy's dripping with athleticism, especially again, shows up in pass protection. So he's going to get a ton of hype over the summer. He's at a big program, but I'm, I'm not there with him yet. I believe it or not, Rob, I am a hundred percent in agreement with you there. Just, yeah, I don't, he's not, yeah, I agree. He's, he needs to add to like, the frame, but he's such a good athlete like that I know he's, he's something there. And yeah. Just he plays too high, and I just don't think he's he's got that power to him. And like you said, some of it is uh, th- th- just the attitude, just the attitude too. So I think I think all the tools are there for him to make a big leap. And I mean, obviously he's already got some buzz, some big buzz. Um, but no, I, I'm I'm in that you know day three kind of camp with you. Yeah, and it's the type of guy where if you didn't know there's buzz, you would come away like very oh. This is a dude to keep an eye on, like yeah. very positive. But it's because there's some of that overhype right now that it's almost like we're speaking about him in a negative way, even though he's a he's uh, NFL level type of tackle. Agreed. Um, yeah, because you, you see the athleticism from the first start, from the first snap. Mm-hmm. Um, the interior, on the other hand, I got a handful of guys I really like projecting some guys at guard and the from who play tackle right now. But my number one offensive player in the whole ACC is Lysitis Smith from Virginia Tech. I thought you were going to have Alec Lindstrom as your top guy. Nope, don't like him at all. Okay, uh, we'll get there. There's another guy to hype that. I'm not, I like him, but not that much. Anyways, uh, hit me. Let's hear it. So Lysitis Smith, the left guard of Virginia Tech. You probably saw him last year when you are watching his Virginia Tech offensive lines. Um, he's a dude who's 6'3", 320, and just a dominant run blocker. So much power at the point of attack. Plays with fantastic leverage. Gets under dudes. Drives them 10 yards downfield. Moves quite well for his size, too, which makes me... I, I, I think he's fit for power, gap, zone, any uh, any blocking scheme. Um, and he is the, the king of the being just the asshole and finishing through the whistle. Fantastic when asked to pull a trap. Uh, in pass protection, he's a little weaker. His feet are a little, can get a little sloppy and slow. Um, but he uses his hands pretty well to make up for that. Um, if you're, if you're going to, like, he, his anchor can be impacted by his feet kind of being inconsistent. So the pass protection is the big thing. I have a day two grade on him. I like him a lot. I got a late a late on him. Or, sorry, like a fifth on him. I do like him. Um, I thought you were going to have Lindstrom for it. I know, like... I want to talk about Lindstrom because another guy I've seen quite a lot of hype on, but I've not really been there. I, I got a I got a day three, but what do you think about Lindstrom? Um, I I I don't think he's that good. Uh, he's a good run blocker. Um, I think his feet are like he falls down a lot. I think he plays too high. Uh, he he holds up pretty well in pass protection because he's got a strong anchor and he uses his hands pretty well. I don't think he's a great athlete. He finishes through his blocks, which is nice, but I don't think he works at the second level that well. He's nowhere near what his brother was. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I, I, th- yeah. I think some of the hype might just be name. Uh, speaking of names, I think last year you didn't like Tyler Variable. Uh, where you are? Where I'm just talking BC. Where are you on him now? Uh, I don't have a draftable on Tyler Variable. Okay, I have a borderline on him, um, but. Do you have draftable on Zion Johnson? He is my th- third overall offensive lineman. Um, so I think, like, obviously he he played left guard in 2019, yeah. left tackle in 2020. You watch those two. You watch 
him play each and you know he should be playing guard. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a really good zone blocker, very good at athlete, moves fantastic in space. He just, I just don't like him playing tackle at all. He just really struggles with pass protection. His yeah. kind of his feet, his feet and his anchor get taken advantage of a lot more playing left tackle than left guard. It, it really sucks but, for him because, like, you know, he's just doing something that to help out the team, and it kind of it kind of fucked up his draft stock last year. And he's still very good. Like you, you see all the tools there uh, that made him look so good as a guard. I think he's still really good in the run game. He's just not a tackle. No, and, and like it, it's it's it sucks to see him because there are reps he will lose playing left tackle that he wouldn't be in that situation if he was still playing left guard. Yeah. But uh, no, I still think he's got the potential to be a, a, a one of the top guard prospects in this class. It's just it's going to be a, a tougher battle for him. Um, my second overall offensive lineman is NC State's. Ekam Ikwanu, who plays left tackle. Yeah, he he's he's awesome. He's a big nasty too. Him and Lucidus Smith are big nasties. Uh, I actually threw a Brandon Sheriff comp on Ikwanu. Um, he yeah, he's a, he's a guy who I think is going to take a big leap and be a first round type guard. But again, plays left tackle for them right now. Uh, who and he just dominates in the run game. Um, plays with fantastic leverage for that 6'4", size, 320, moves really well for 320. Um, kind of similar to Lasitis Smith in terms of where, what will get him uh, struggling in pass protection, which is when his feet get sloppy, his base gets sloppy, and his anchor gets kind of yucky. But he, those, those two to me were the top two offensive linemen. Yeah, like just lots of power to him. Like he moves guys so easy in the wrong game. And he's got that nasty, too. It's just, yeah, his feet aren't great. I feel like he's just not super balanced, but as, as a pass protector, he just finds a way to recover pretty easily, pretty pretty consistently, which impressed me. Just uses his length pretty well. And uh, he can also just be over-aggressive, kind of get lungy. So if he can just kind of be a little more patient, a little more sound, and especially when he's getting kicked inside, because I also agree he's, he's going to be an interior guy in the NFL. Um, no, I think... I think the makings of a first-round guard uh, are there. I, I totally agree with you. Uh, and I, I want to mention his teammate, center Grant Gibson, who's a little smaller at 6'1", 305, but um, I think he's a very interesting zone center prospect to keep an eye on. Moves really well in space. Uh, makes some big-time reach blocks. I, I, I liked a couple things I saw from him. What do you think of the Notre Dame guys? So Kane Madden obviously is transferred from Marshall yeah. to Notre Dame. Um, I like him uh, as a power. He, he so he played right guard at Marshall. I believe he's gonna be playing left guard at Notre Dame. Six three three thirteen was clearly one of the best offensive linemen in the G five. Um, I have a, a late day three on him, um, and I'm excited to see what he does at Notre Dame because yeah, he he was just out muscling dudes a lot of the time at Marshall. So when we see him against some of this this more athletic competition, uh, I, I want to see what he can do, especially pass protection. Uh, Jared Patterson. I, I also yeah, go ahead. I, also, I, I like Jared, Jared. So Jared Patterson, who played center last year, he's moving to right guard this year. Um, he kind of like I don't love him. I th- I think he's a pretty good run blocker. Plays with pretty good leverage. Feet are kind of messy. Don't love the athleticism. 
But I do like the the positional versatility, and uh, I wonder if he'll be more comfortable as a guard than at center. Yeah. Because I thought I thought at times he could get bowled over when he's at center and pass pro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another guy that I agree with you, but he's been getting some of that uh, some of that hype though. Yeah. No, I agree with you. All Notre Dame offensive linemen do. I, I also want to point one thing out. Uh, Joshua Izudu from NC or from UNC. That dude's like just playing several different positions a quarter. He was playing left tackle, then he was playing left guard, then he was playing right tackle, and he's back to left guard. They just moved their offensive linemen around. And it was really annoying. It's the future. It's the future of the game, Ralph. <laughs> I enjoyed him a little bit though. I, th- I thought he's a, a another guy to just. I, I think this keep was an the, eye on the offensive him. line was the strength of the uh, the conference. I think. It, yeah, yeah, big time. Um, yes. You know what else is a strength of the conf- the Eastern Conference in the NBA? The Orlando fucking Magic. That's right. <laughs> and you're going to want to download Spotify Green Room, a live audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and to use to listen to AJ go through each game on the schedule. Each day is a different... Like, today's Spotify Green Room was game one of the Magic schedule. Tomorrow will be game two. And each game is a, a AJ runs a simulation, breaks down what happened in the simulation and why that'll happen, or it won't happen in real life. Yeah, actually, and like, the, the only simulation way... is just me doing play by play, like off the top of my head. And the only way you can listen to that is by downloading the Spotify Green Room app, free in iOS App Store, creating a profile, linking your Twitter, and joining the group, and then bringing your most magical takes. Okay, let's move to the defensive side of the football. <clears throat> What do you think of this interior defensive line group? Uh, not super eye-catchy to me. Uh, how about you? I liked Nesta, Jade Silvera. He was my top guy. Uh, with Tyler Davis from, from Silvera from Miami. Tyler Davis from Clemson coming in at number two. Um, I like Silvera's athleticism. I thought he flashed a lot last year live during games. A guy who, who kind of plays three-tech, plays some one-tech. I think he's best fit at three-tech. Doesn't add a ton as a pass rusher, but a gap shooter in the run game. He was exciting to me. And Tyler Davis is kind of like the modern one-tech nose tackle type where he is not massive, 6'2", 300, but can hold his own, anchor down, and make some plays with his quickness. I like those two a little bit. Uh yeah no I think I think that's that's fair I I have uh, Jade Silvera my top guy but not a draftable grade. Um I also like Corey Durden who's from Florida State transferred to NC State six five three fifteen you can see why he was a big recruit on tape just a twitchy big boy uh, played a lot of one tech for Florida State I'm excited to see him. Uh, hopefully find a starting role at NC State. I think that's a, a guy who could potentially break out and a name to watch. You love the uh, the ACC interior. I do. Uh, and Tua's cousin. You Tua's it? cousin. I saw Jim Nagy hyping him up. Oh, really? I didn't see that. Yeah. I don't know why, but he was. Because he's Tua's cousin. Um <laughs> Yeah, nothing, nothing that really. I, no one I really want to talk about too much on the interior. You're just trying to go home, just trying to get home to the wife. A bit. The mag- That's okay. I got some magic uh, sh- uh, pre season uh, previews to read about. Oh, 
written by you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just reviewed my work. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, j- jumping to the edge group. What do you think? Do you have any draftables here? I, you know what? I kind of like is Amari Barno from Vatek. Okay, yeah, I hated him. I think he's he's fun. I don't know. He's big. I think I think there's something there. I okay, six six two forty five, pretty productive JUCO transfer. Yeah, I was excited to throw him on. Really athletic, but my takeaway was he just is thrown out of the club in the run game, and there's not a ton of consistent effort there. He makes splashy plays. Yeah, yeah. so I make a handful of TFLs. Um, and, and he relies heavily on his speed, but I, I just, I don't know. I was kind of disappointed because I was excited about him. I think I fall into the trap of uh, really catchy getting into the the flashy place from the edge group at, at this one of the summer, or in the summer, I should say. But no, I think I think just with the size and the athleticism, I think that's on to watch. Um, what do you think of Xavier Thomas? I got... Go ahead, sorry. Uh, <clears throat> I, don't, I, I just don't think he's getting, like, he hasn't gotten better. Agreed. Yeah, I agree with you. Like he he's a good college football player. He's super versatile. He plays up and down that defensive line, um, but he's just pretty much been the same guy for the last three years at Clemson. Yeah. Like the pass rush plan still not really there. He's interesting on rundowns again because of that versatility. He's a solid athlete, but yeah, I don't have a draftable on him. My top guy is DeAndre Johnson, the Tennessee transfer who uh, transferred to Miami, and we've seen how Miami transfers to Miami yeah. have done. Um, I, I thought he took over some. He was not consistent at Tennessee, but like you throw in the South Carolina game last year, and he's he's maybe the best player on the field. Um, I really like the consistency from his hands, and he, he's changing. Like he's got a bit of a pass rush repertoire. He's changing up what he's doing. There's a plan there, um, so I like that. He's a bit stiff, but I like the pop in his hands. So that was a guy. I'm I'm excited to see what he does at Miami, and then my number two guy is also a transfer in Jermaine Johnson. Who transferred from junior college to Georgia to now Florida State? 6'5, 260. Um, big athletic guy who he just needs to develop that pass yeah. rush plan, but he plays his ass off. Johnson's my uh, my second guy. Uh, sorry, uh, sorry, on Jermaine, that is. DeAndre, though. Um, poor Tennessee. Just feels like every show we're talking about multiple Tennessee transfers at other schools. Um, it's, I don't know. It's poor Tennessee. Um, I, I do want to shout out Toronto's own Daniel Joseph as well, who was at Penn State, another transfer here. He's my third guy. So my top three guys in the ACC edges are transfers. Um, so transferred from Penn State to NC State last year, uh, was top 10 in the ACC in sacks, 6'3", 265, wins a lot with just leverage and a rip move, plays really hard, like his consistency as an edge setter, and again, from Toronto, so I had to shout him out. I feel like NC State's a low-key uh, home for Canadian players. They always have a lot of Canadians. Uh, well, yeah, they're, they're, they're like a professional team. So <laughs> Yeah, CFL team. All right, Rob, uh, I know you've been waiting on the show. Just tell, tell us uh, why you think James Skalski is a first-round pick. Well, the thing is, the thing that makes him better than every other player in this class yeah. is he's he's going into year 10 at Clemson. <laughs> yeah. So you know what you're getting. He's he's like a pro already because he's the age of most pros. But he's been ejected from half the games he's played. He can't get through a college football playoff game without targeting, which to me that's kind of impressive. He turns it up for the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah, so Skalski, um, 
30 years, 40 years, 50 years ago would be in the Hall of Fame. He he's a tackle machine. I like his instincts. Just yeah. doesn't have the athleticism I look for in a linebacker uh, to play on uh, on the NFL football field. But I do think he can play special teams because he, he he plays hard as hell. And he's a nutcase. I, I don't know. I think like John Gruden's gonna want him in the third round. <laughs> okay, well Clemson check, uh, <laughs> gritty check. No, that's a good point. He's he'll be a third round. He's going seventy eighth to the Las Las Vegas Rangers uh, Rangers Raiders. Who's your number one linebacker? James Skalski. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I didn't love anyone again. To be completely. Honest. Oh, okay. I've got a big grade. I got a big old grade. Okay. All right. Who is it? Peyton Wilson from NC State is phenomenal. Six four two thirty five. Um, generally plays will. They haven't played overhang at times, and even a bit of an edge roll too. He's a tackle machine. Twitched up, gets downhill, looks good. Watch him pick up uh, uh, running back on, on a wheel, step for step with him. Watch him covering tight ends down the seam, look good. Uh, he, he, to this point, is my number one rated linebacker in the whole class. Obviously, no SEC or Big Ten yet, though. Yeah, um, the And plays just tackle, never, like involved in everything, just always finds work. Um, want to see stack and shed a little more consistently and the instincts like he's guessing a lot of the time, which could take a bit of the play. But I, I think everything, everything is there for starting NFL linebacker. He's awesome. Coming off, uh, I believe surgery on both shoulders in the off season. That- Perfect. Cause he reminds me of Leighton Vander Esch who's always hurt. So <laughs> I, think, I think LV's had shoulder issues too. Yeah, no, I, I think he <laughs> he's my top guy, but uh, I actually didn't have a draft grade on him. Damn. Yeah, I'm um, Anyone else you really like? I enjoy watching Jeremiah Gamel from North Carolina. Fair enough. I think Mikel Jones from Syracuse is pretty athletic. He's good for Syracuse. I mean, one thing Syracuse is good at is getting athletic defensive players. Yeah. You know, Babers knows how to recruit. Uh, okay, let's jump to corner. Who's your top guy? Uh, Andrew Booth. That'll be yours. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where is he in your corner rankings overall? He is. He's just behind Sauce Gardner. Uh, uh, um, so he's like seven, six. Wait, that little one, Sauce. Okay, I like I like Booth. Uh, you know, I remember I like I love Sauce too. Yeah, I got like a, a third round grade on him right now. Um, honestly, I, t- watching Clemson live, I, he was kind of my. I thought he was the best guy, anyways. You know? He he's he's dripping with potential. Yes. Like I mean, he was the guy making all these insane interceptions. You like watching guy uh, watching game live and not necessarily focusing on him. He'd be the yeah. one making the crazy play. Even with uh, you know all the other big name corners at Clemson. Yeah, like. Like yeah, Darion Darion Kendrick, who's now Georgia, so yes. we'll be talking to him in two weeks. But um, yeah, Booth, Booth like flashy as hell. Like his feet are freaking great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just with him, it, it's consistency in terms of finding the ball at or not not even finding the ball. Just sometimes he'd be overly physical uh, in man coverage and, and be more focused on bodying a receiver than locating ball because um, he can find the ball in phase when he's trying. Uh, and, and sometimes he, he just um, would take uh, would like almost take himself out of the play 
um, kind of guessing, I thought. But yeah. a guy who plays press zone, plays press man, like he has everything you look for physically. And obviously was just a true sophomore last exactly. year and is a five star. He was, I think he was the number two corner recruit in the class after only Derek Stingley. So he's a guy you're just expecting to take that leap that you look for in a top tier recruit as a junior. Definitely. And I mean, Clemson's at this point, they're just uh, like a factory of getting guys in the top 50, like corner, four corners too. So like, and I, I do think like at this point, especially, I, I usually go into the season not loving these guys. And then uh, Booth, Booth is my favorite over the summer watch uh, of the Clemson corners we've done. Um. Yeah, he, he, I feel as if he's just got more of that natural athleticism yeah. than the past Clemson corners who... I worry about that with. Yeah, it's always. Although AJ Terrell had a good rookie year. Sorry. AJ Terrell did have a good rookie he did. year. He did really good, and yeah, better than I think both of us expected. Um, is your second guy the all-name team Storm Doc? No, my second guy is just just Sir Tyler from Wake Forest. Okay. Who I love. Oh, okay, okay. Hit me. Why? He. He he has some of the best feet in the class, um, and he's physical as fuck. He just kill shotting dudes. I really like him in zone. I, I like him awesome man. I think he's got great eyes in zone. He rare, rarely makes a mistake. Consistently reads the routes correctly. Um, needs to do a better job finding the ball. Uh, I don't think he's a fantastic athlete, but I think mm-hmm. he's got nickel potential in the NFL. I mean, I mean that's that's fair. He's like five ten, one eighty seven. That's that's pretty nickel size. No, I I agree that he's got that uh, the feisty that you like at the nickel. Um, no, I agree. Um, I, I, Booth was actually my only my only draftable grade. I'm stingy. Yeah, I didn't like your boy Storm Duck that much. I didn't. I, I was, didn't love him either. He just, I just. Loved I was him. worried you were gonna be like, yeah. When you brought him up, I was like, fuck. Did I not watch his tape well? Is he sick? No, I just love um, the name. I I think Tariq Stevenson, who transferred from Georgia to Miami, yeah. is gonna be an interesting guy because he played like a nickel safety role for Georgia, and he's super physical. Apparently, he's gonna be playing outside corner from for Miami, which I just don't think his skill set fits very well. So I think that'll be fun to yeah, a, see how that goes. A bigger, a bigger dude, like you know, he's six foot two hundred ish. He's he looks like he, that. he was like a force. He was like a force player for Georgia. Yeah. Like no, they were just almost playing box safety at times. So that I don't know if he's truly going to be playing outside corner, but I, I thought that was an interesting little nugget. Uh, Garrett Williams at Syracuse, I think yep. maybe in a year or two is a guy to watch. And Damari Mathis from Pitt's just going to get drafted because Pitt DBs always get drafted. Um, Gary Williams, my my number two here. I I don't hate Josh DeBerry. I think, I think this is my my BC love though. I think just watching him live, he, he had a tendency to make a lot of plays last year. Um, I don't know. Yeah, you 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 mentioned him on the show last year a couple times. I think. Yeah, I think I think there's something there, and I just think, I don't. I mean, I think he's only going into his, um, I mean, his second sophomore year, if I remember correctly. Um, so, so I think I don't think it's this year, but I think down the line, I think there's something with him. Um, okay, do you want to talk about Kyle Hamilton? <laughs> yeah, I very much uh, want to talk about Kyle Hamilton, Rob. Uh, do you have anyone? Uh, okay, uh, is Kyle Hamilton your top guy in the class right now? Uh, yes. Over Thibodeau? 
Yeah, is that your top two? Oh wait. Sorry, talk. I'm I'm checking. Yes, yes, I have him above Thibodeau. Me too. Not not by much. Very very close. Um. Yeah, but just barely. Yeah. Yeah, he's unreal. He's unreal. I don't. Just the way he he moves is kind of fucking unreal. Just for for a person of his size, just the space that he covers uh, as quickly as he does is kind of unreal. Um. Yeah, being six a uh, six four safety, yeah. you would think. Taylor Mays, like Divine he's Diablo. just gonna, <laughs> yeah, like he's gonna be stiff, but he's not. He's super fluid for that size. He'll play single high. He'll come down, play like nickel yeah. slash overhang. He'll play too deep. Um, like he could be a center fielder if you need him to be. He's got that type of range. He's a yeah. so explosive downfield. The instincts are off the charts. Like I think that's his maybe is the most special thing about him is he's rarely taking false steps. He's rarely out of position. Like he's just always like he he's the quarterback of that defense he's he can man up with tight ends and slots he can uh play deep half um he doesn't miss tackles like he's not killing sh- killing dudes yeah. he's just mr consistent like the length is such a cheat code for him as a tackler it's awesome he's special uh he's he's special yeah i know it's i don't feel like there's a lot of uh holes to poke in kyle hamilton's game like honestly i is he not going to go top 10 just because he's a safety? I think that would be really fucking stupid. Um, no, I think he'll go top 10. Like, he I is he's the exception. But, like, I would have said that about Derwin James, too. But, obviously, Derwin James not as big, even. Like, he's just, you know what I mean? I just, I hate, I'm sick of seeing special safety slide. It's a lot of asses. But. Derwin, Dur- Derwin, you can at least maybe blame it on the injuries. Yes. Like, Kyle Hamilton's yeah. injured. No, I don't think he's going to... Uh, but yeah, no, Kyle, Kyle Hamilton's one of those unicorn-type players. I totally agree. I, I, yeah, he's almost like the Kyle Pitts of, of this class, if that's fair. Ooh, I like that. Just guys that you don't um, see okay, who's at, your, at, the, at their positions very often. Um, who, Who's your number two safety and why is it Nolan Turner? <laughs> yeah, it's because he's, he's at Clemson, man. Uh, no, I'm, st- I'm still a bit of a sucker for Bubba Bolden. Um well, no, Bubba, after Hamilton, Bubba Bolton, it's, Hamilton is obviously a dude. Bubba Bolton's my only other draft tool. Yeah, my, I only have those two draft tool grades. I'm, I mean, Hamilton, I have a top 15 grade right now, and that's, again, it's summer. Um, yeah, no, I still like Bubba, I mean, it's just, you want to see more consistency. It just it's some, The games where he's good, he's very, very good. The games where he's bad almost feels like the entire Miami defense is bad, and the whole thing just kind of crumbles around him. Um but I do. I still like Bubba Bowl, and I. I gotta yeah, he he he's. Yeah. I mean, when a dude's blocking as many kicks as this guy is, yeah, like he's, he's. I guarantee every football coach is gonna fall in love with the guy, <laughs> just because yeah, of that personality no sure. and just the balls to the wall. He just wants to kill dudes. Fucking awesome tackler. Yeah. Uh, can struggle in coverage. Like he. That's kind of the. Yeah, I don't think he's a great athlete, and when he's in man, uh, he can get burned sometimes. Um, but I, I, to me, at least, he's like a core special teams guy. I agree. I agree with you. Also, obviously, a USC transfer. A lot of transfers today that we've talked about. Everyone's trying to get into the ACC, man. Apparently. Um, speaking of, who's going to win the ACC? Uh, Clemson. I mean, do you do, do not Notre Dame? I think I okay. I don't. I don't. We always have the top of this. I do think it would have been genuinely hilarious if Notre Dame 
won the ACC in the only year they ever existed in it. Like, just... Yes. You know, when, I hate Notre Dame, but I wish it happened. I kind of do, too. Like, 50 years from now, it's going to be like, wait, what the fuck? But anyways, um, no. They obviously lost to Clemson because Clemson was way better than them. Um, and I think Clemson is beating UNC in the championship game this year. Yeah, that's what I have, too. Uh, it's hard to pick against UNC. Yeah. Just having the top quarterback, it's the staff continuity... Like I don't, I don't know who else you'd pick. I like I I love Miami. I just don't. Uh, I don't it's not the year. Yeah, I've seen some, like, especially with the year coming off the injury. Yes, no, for sure. I've seen some Miami hype. From, I think from a couple PFF guys. Um, and I just that's a, that's how I know I don't trust it. Yeah, I mean, look again. I also love Miami. I love Derek King. Um, just they're not they're not UNC's like, also sorry they're not better this year than they were last year, right? And UNC's been, like, obviously UNC lost a lot, but yeah. Mac Brown's been recruiting his ass off. Like, North Carolina, what what they have done since Mac Brown took over and how he reinvented kind of the recruiting system there and just got guys in every freaking high school in the state, yeah. it just, it, it turned them into the dominant recruiting program in the Carolinas. Yeah. Say, like, obviously Clemson's Clemson, but Clemson, like, aside from Clemson, yeah, it's, it's the the, you know, the second best recruiting school in the ACC. Yeah, Clemson is, you know, and Clemson's not even a top like Clemson recruits weird, so they're never as high in the recruiting rankings as you'd suspect. Yeah, it's like uh, except like defense line, like I feel like they're always like racking in five stars there, but and quarterback those two spots. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, ACC offense player of the year. I, I'm I'm gonna say Sam Howell. But I wanted to say DJ Uyunglele. I thought about I thought about it, but it's just yeah. Sam Howell's the layup, right? Yeah. In in two years as the starter, over seven thousand passing yards, seventy six total touchdowns, just fourteen picks, nine point four yards per attempt, over sixty four percent completion percentage. Like he's ultra productive. Year three in Phil Longo's system. Phil Longo should be a head coach soon. I think um, he will be sooner than later. Yeah, uh, defensive player of the year in the ACC. Obviously, this doesn't include Notre Dame, so Kyle Hamilton can't be the choice. Uh, yeah, he's clearly the best defensive prospect that we we talked about today. Um, I <laughs> I I'm gonna say it's James Galski, the honorary defensive player of the year. Fuck that! I hate you. Who who you got? I hate you, Peyton Wilson. 10 games last year, 108 tackles, 11.5 TFLs, 3.5 sacks, 2 picks. Two-year starter, entering year three as a starter now. Freak of nature. I'm banging the table. Peyton Wilson's my dude. I don't care that AJ hates him. Uh, that's my guy. Uh, you know what? Plus, okay. plus AJ, AJ, the theme of the day, I think about how much I've, I've mentioned a lot of NC State stuff You've today. You've fallen Maybe, off. Are you coming back to NC State? I've, I have. I'm coming back, though. Dave Doran, the professionalist program in college football, he's got me back. Okay, I'm gonna change. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna go from an from an off the board answer. You well, not really off the board, but an answer you hate to a different off the board. I'm gonna say Tony Grimes. I'm gonna say he makes a huge leap year two. Uh, only I like that pick. I know you like it. Um, well, he's he's only gonna be turning 18 into the season, if I remember correctly. 19. I can't remember. Yeah, he did what Quinn Ewers did, but did it first. Yeah, he's young as fuck. He he really flashed down the stretch for UNC at corner. Uh, it, it, I was gonna. Cause I was thinking like, it almost feels like like obviously UNC's been so good for since Mac Brown's got there, but they haven't really churned out the defensive prospects yet. Uh, he'll be the first big big time defensive prospect under Mac. I mean, 
It's Sage, but you know what I mean. Um, uh, so I'll say Tony. You say Sage and not Chaz. Oh my God, Chaz. Sorry. Thank you. The family's gonna cut you off. Tony Grimes. That's my pick. That's a fun pick. Um, okay. Any guesses for Town of the Week? Chestnut Hill. Wrong. It's Riley. Cause I'm back, baby. <gasps> This is a good population one. Anyway, you tell me when you want me to guess the population. Okay, so Riley, North Carolina, home to the North Carolina State Wolf Pack, uh, who play at Carter Finley Stadium. Would care to ca- guess the capacity? Uh, yeah, I do want to. Um, it's not that big. I'm gonna say Carter Finley is sixty-two thousand. Hair under fifty-seven thousand. Oh, not bad. Built in 1966, named after Harry and Nick Carter, as well as Albert Finley, who were just contributors contributors to building of the stadium. I don't know what that means. Like, did they physically help build it? Did they pay for it? Who knows? That'd be cool. I mean, they should name stadiums after the people who build them. That's my take. Yeah. I would become a stadium builder if that was how that worked. <laughs> uh, okay. Stadium, Rob Paul Stadium. What's the population? I feel like this is one of those tricky ones where, like, like they won't count some of the suburbs. Uh, it's under a million. It really has got to be under a million. So I'm going to stay in the six. It's 689,000. Too high. 464,485. They're not counting some of the suburbs. Ameri- I find American population, sometimes they don't count suburbs, and it's kind of strange. Anyways, but it's right, but it's strange. Anyways, I'm, uh, I'm out of the show now. Fuck. Um, notable alumni, as we know, it's the quarterback cradle. Yeah. So Mike Glennon, Jacoby Brissett, Russell Wilson, Philip Rivers. I named them in order of best to worst. Uh, here's the NC State ambulance. Uh, other notable alumni: Jericho Cotri, Bill Cower, Tory Holt, Spud Webb, Mario Williams, Adrian Wilson. The best athlete of them all, Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> I feel like Tory Holt doesn't get like like recognized as an NC State alum very often. No, he's not. It's not mentioned. Much. He's also so underrated. But anyways, yeah, agreed. Notable people from Rally: Bucky Brooks, of course, Brian Gutekunst. I didn't know that. Josh Josh Hamilton. Uh, your favorite golfer, Webb Simpson. My favorite. John Wall. Michael C. Hall. Oh, Dexter. Okay. <laughs> Amy Sedaris. Wow. And your favorite president, Andrew Johnson. Yeah, AJ, my favorite president. Amy Sedaris. That, that's to, a, your namesake. Yeah, he, I was named after him. <laughs> Things to do in rally. There was a complaint recently about my things to do. Someone said, not enough museums. So I came back with more. Let's go. So next time you're in Raleigh. There's got to be a lot of museums got that it, I'm so sorry. I'm excited. I had I had to leave a lot off yes. the list. I knew it. Okay. So this is, this is just kind of like the big ones. North Carolina Museum of Natural Sciences. Beautiful. North Carolina Museum of Art. It's got it's got all the North Car- North Carolina museums for sure. No- North Carolina Museum of History. Yep. And 
the the one that is going to get you most excited, Marbles Kids Museum. What is it called? Marbles Kids Museum. I love it. I want to. Is go. it is it a museum? Is it a museum of marbles? I don't know. It's a museum of kids holding marbles. They actually, um, I've been there before. They've actually um, frozen children in time, and they're just holding marbles. And, of course, the historic Yates Mill County Park. Go Ape Treetop Adventure. That's a good name. The Videri Chocolate Factory. Really? Wow. And, last but not least, Frankie's Fun Park. <laughs> I... I think one thing we're missing out in Canada is like all these weird offshoot amusement parks uh, that I'm sure America has and they seem amazing and we just we have one amusement park and like that's it. Yeah, like I wish I, my college summers were spent like the movie Adventureland yes. and I worked at one of those parks like as that. goals listening to Husker Du falling in love. Pff, that's my dream. Next week we're doing the Big 10 so uh, get excited. The most important show we do. And like that's not even close.